0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1235 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now, along with Angie Quinnell. I want to wish uh, Brendan Escott a speedy recovery. He's on the DL for a couple days, dealing with something. Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated, open from Wednesday through Sunday. From 5 p.m. until close, head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Just before we go to John Shannon, I want to get back to the Ashley Fine Flores text line. I'm going to try to splice texts in throughout the course of the show, uh, and I, w- I will go back to the opening of the show because there's a lot of you that have chimed in. Hacksaw says, Bob, you can put as much lipstick as you went you want on this pig. But it won't change the fact that the team didn't show up with the passion that's required. Too bad they couldn't uh, bother to find the passion, half the passion that the fans had. Shame on them from uh, Hacksaw. Again, I, I'm i disappointed for the fans. The players had a chance to do something about it. I still think you have to look at the overall body of the work from the season, the uniqueness of the play-in. I might even argue that it's tougher to play in Canada, too, and there's greater expectations. We'll get into all this uh, as we go to our headliner today for touchback safety, a family business taking care of all your family during uncertain times, training sessions still readily available. We welcome back to the show John Shannon. Hello, John. How are you doing? Great, Bob. You? I'm good. You know what? And, uh, you know, I I, I get it. They're, you know, the fans care. They're cheesed off that the Oilers uh, lost to Chicago. I do think that the majority of the fans realize that Chicago, you know, the separation between the teams today is not like it was 30 years ago, where you'd have a 48-point difference between the Edmonton Oilers and the L.A. Kings. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a completely different. And then factoring in that, you know, you're playing after a four month layoff, yep. and we've. I mean, you couldn't have asked for much more compelling opening uh, qualifiers because we did have upsets. You know what you I'm know, saying? We,
1: talk, was, we talked about it before they started that there there was a razor, razor's edge difference between most teams. Yes. Uh, and, and in the end, it would it, it came down to uh, who was healthier. Uh, who, who could compete better, uh, and at times depth. Uh, and if you look across the board um, w- between the Oilers and the Blackhawks, I thought that Corey Crawford was better, or was better in, in in total than Mike Smith and 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 Koskinen. Uh, and uh, in the end, the, the Blackhawk blue line which had been maligned most of the year yes. the blackhawk blue line was better than the Oilers blue line and that that even if you suggested connor and, and the forwards and the blackhawk forwards were a wash if, if you have a defense that can do what the blackhawks did on a regular basis through the games uh, you're going to win that series
0: they scored nine of 16 goals off point shots their third pairing which featured ollie mata and slater cuckoo those guys had like seven points in the series, and that's part. That's a reflection on the inability of the Oilers to get in shot lanes, uh-huh. the inability of the defense to box guys out, and frankly, the inability of goaltenders to find pucks. And I'll tell you what, you some know, of
1: those high defle- those high deflections, you know, the high couple of those high morgue plays, and yeah. there was some fluky stuff too. There, make, yeah. make no mistake about it, there was some. fluky yeah, but stuff, you, but in the end, yeah, at, at both ends of the ice. Bob, at both ends of the ice, not just in the offensive zone. I thought the Blackhawk defense. I thought we saw Duncan Keith play, you know, because he was healthy at this time of year, uh, some of the best hockey we've seen him play in in a couple of he's years. He's a Hall of
0: Fame defenseman, Josh, yes, right?
1: Yeah, he's, he's yes, a, he is. He know he knows the shortcuts. He knows how to cheat properly and 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 we saw him do that in so many key situations. Ole Matt is, you know, he's a Stanley Cup champion. He 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 has been around and does know and, and uh, probably and and by the way, played head to head against Connor many times in the OHL. Understands what what uh, what McDavid can do. Uh, I, I think that, that that defense was to me the the biggest difference maker.
0: All right, well, Calvin DeHaan, 400 games in the NHL. Sure. Connor Murphy, 444. Oli Matta, 427. Uh, the orders are counting on Clefbaum and Nurse. One's at 378. One's at 350. And yes, experience matters for defense, and oh, at the top of the food chain, the head of the snake on the back end, Duncan Keith at 1138. He's their best defenseman, and the Oilers didn't have anybody get close to his level on the back end. That said, John, I'm not blowing up the Oilers' defense because I believe defense, I think you have to change the complexion of the defense, and you have an opportunity with a guy like Bouchard. They integrated Boquist in a Lair lineup. People in London will tell you it wasn't even close a year ago. Bouchard was a way better defenseman in the OHL, and Bouchard had a good second half in the AHL. But, you know, because you lose a series like this, we know their D was better, we know their goaltending was marginally better, and everybody, the immediate reaction is, You know, panic in the streets, we got to blow everything out. I'm not necessarily convinced that needs to happen. I'd like to get your thoughts on that.
1: No. Um, You know, when when Kenny Holland, remember, Kenny Holland's really only been on the job a year. Yep. Um, And and when when Ken came, we thought, oh, he's going to wait 50 games and make some changes. Well, uh, the Oilers—they were able to make some of those changes internally. You know that that Christmas time debacle in Calgary, the five-one loss, where they finally told Connor and Leon, "You're not playing together," and Yamamoto was brought up and, and was given a chance to play with Drysaitl, changed the chemistry there. But perhaps their record by the time the pandemic, uh, the, the pause started. Uh, Maybe their record was was indicative of a long season uh, and not necessarily indicative of a team that had matured. It was really good, um, but in the end, it's still a work in progress. And I think we really learned that, and I, I, I hate pointing fingers, but I think we really learned that when we saw Caleb Jones struggle in this series. Because I think a lot of people have thought he's he's on the cusp, he's ready to go. Hmm. Caleb really struggled. I
0: thought when Bear went out in uh, was a game. Now I'm trying to remember which game. Uh, yeah, the, the five-minute major, the five game four. I actually yeah. thought that's the best. Jones got more minutes, and I actually thought he looked a little bit better in that sequence when Bear was out than yeah. any other time in the series.
1: But but you you know it's difficult when 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 Dave's playing him seven to nine minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and you know you're you're pretty cold on that bench and he. I'm know, looking at, the, I, I, and I that's it's not fair it's not fair to Caleb but I think that's an indication uh, that we we get a little delusional about depth if we if we talk so much about guys and how well they played we get t- at times we get delusional about the situation. This is still a work in progress.
0: No one's denying. There's not one listener to the show right now, in spite of the fact that the team went, John, from 25th to 12th in, in points percentage. Uh, that the team went from 25th to 15th in goals against. That the team went from 30th to second in PK. They're they're gonna it's gonna be impossible for Edmonton to ever match the special teams numbers again. Again, moving forward. But you know, when I watched the team in the training camp, they were fast, but they had a guy in the right wing on the first line and a guy in the left wing on the second line to start training camp, Cassian on the right, Athens U on the left, and they didn't get anything accomplished in this series. Yeah. So, and that I mean, that weakened what they could do a bit up front because those guys weren't going. They had to move Archibald up. That changed the complexion with Shan. To, to be honest, I thought Neil and Chaseon played pretty well.
1: Um, hey, I, I, Alex Chason and James Neal to me, uh, you know, got themselves a, a little bit of a reprieve after a, a second half swoon with, with the club. I, I liked the way they played. I, I, I thought that they were, they showed a, a physical nature in the offensive zone, and at times actually don't laugh. Actually, I, they were faster than I thought they could be. So I, I have no issue with what James Neal. I have no issue with Alex Chason did. Um, but you know what, Zach Cassian did not have a good series. I think that's fair. I think uh, Andreas Athanasiou. I still don't know if he knows how this team plays the game. And you know, he came from a system where he was supposed to carry the puck, and I'm not sure he should should carry the puck in in a in in the in the Oiler system. And I think that that was really confusing for him.
0: All right, uh, let's cut to a couple things here. Uh, you know, McDavid finished with nine points in four games. Uh, that's fairly productive totals. Nugent Hopkins had eight. A lot of people said, Stoffer, you're, you're totally uh, not mentioning reuniting Nugent Hopkins, Streisand, and Yamamoto. We got Darcy McLeod Wood guy, and he's going to surprise you with some numbers coming up in terms of actually how effective Nugent Hopkins and McDavid were together. And in comparison and contrast, maybe there wasn't the substantive drop-off of settle and Yamamoto that everybody thought, John. But one of the questions out there, you know, when the Oilers lose to Chicago is, is this a reflection on leadership? So I'd like to get your thoughts on that.
1: I think teams learn how to win, and I think teams learn how to lose. And I, 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 I have seen it. I saw it in Edmonton. I saw it in Calgary. I saw it here in Toronto. Uh, this team is still learning how to win, uh, how to manage those situations, uh, how to stand up and say we take full responsibility. Uh, I, I think I, I, you know, and you learn a ton more from losing. I would hope than you do from winning. Um, I mean, I'd like to see. I, I, I'd like to see more confidence and more. Uh, a level from both Leon and Connor from when it comes to leadership more stand upness if that's a word I don't think I mean I heard Elliot make up a word last week I'm going to make up one this week I, I would. I, I, I. think that there, there needs to be more leadership from some of those some of the best players on this club and I, I think that that's something hopefully that will come
0: Do we have to factor in what happened during the course of the regular season when we do the post-audit on this team or do you just look at the at one week in August?
1: Well, I mean, Leon's going to win the Hart Trophy, so I, I think the, you have to you, you have to be able to enjoy some good things. I mean, Connor had a hat trick in Game Two. Um, you know, that's the magic of. I think we for, we forget sometimes, Bob, the magic of sports and why we're in it, and the highs are high and the lows are low. Uh, and you know, it it it's it, sometimes it's the journey that that makes it worthwhile and. Uh, Trust me, I'm sure sure all those guys in that room are tired of the damn journey right now. Uh, But uh, get them back in camp and get them ready for the next season, whatever that is, whether it's December or January. Uh, And I suspect that uh, we'll see a team that is that much more mature uh, and that much uh, hungrier than it was when it came to this playoff series.
0: You talked about margins, and you mentioned Calgary getting past Winnipeg, and I did pick the Flames in five. Uh,
1: I I picked Winnipeg.
0: Okay, but Winnipeg, that's how close it was. And I want to talk about margins. Because you Winnipeg's power play was horrendous. A year ago they had Bufflin on the point. In the middle uh the middle bumper roll was Shifley, and on the offside for one timers was Line A. Yeah. So they lose they lose Shifley two minutes in a game one, they lose Line A. Geez, I wonder why their power play was terrible. And did, right. you know, does that play a factor in Cam Talbot having like a 930 save percentage when he's not facing shots from the kill zone from Shifley and, and Line a, who next to Ovechkin is the best one timer in the offside in the entire league. I mean, that shows you the margin. You, in a cap system, you lose players, lad elk. It's almost an, like if anybody should be feeling like I, if I was a Jets fan, I'd be like, well, we lost. Two of our three best forwards. What the hell do you expect? You know what well, I mean.
1: Well, and, and let, let's face it. In many ways, what happened in Winnipeg was a soap opera from the beginning. A soap opera from the beginning, all season long, with the Buffalo stuff. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> as Paul Marie said, uh, I think it was after Game Three. He says, you know, this has just been such an up and up and down season. We're so used to this that we that I we can't even we can't even fathom anything worse happening to us, and and yet it did. So uh, so from that perspective, Winni- you know, Winnipeg's a good hockey club, and there's no reason to blow that one up either. And uh, and th- those kids, the, you know, Laine and Schaeffler are still young, and they still have much to offer.
0: The Toronto Maple Leafs have not won a playoff series, John, since yeah. Austin Matthews was six. Now Columbus was a tough matchup from them right from the get-go. That is a, a hard team that plays a competitive style that can really defend Uh, If you look at the advanced analytics, and I know there's people, ah, those numbers are for losers. Well, as a rule, they don't tend to be over the course of a 70- or 80-game series, but Toronto marginally outplayed Columbus. Uh, Freddie Anderson gave up a couple soft goals in the games that they got shut out in the Leafs. Uh, You mentioned you wouldn't necessarily overreact in Edmonton and Winnipeg. What about the
1: situation in Toronto? Would you contemplate? I, I wouldn't overreact here either, Bob. Really? Uh, they and they they have to fix their defense here. Yeah. They have to fix the blue line. The blue line's broken. The blue line is capital B, capital R, capital O, capital K, capital E, capital N, broken. Kyle Dubas has to go find a way to fix it and uh, you, you can sit here, and I don't think he can do it internally, and I think, he's, as we all know, he's in cap hell right now, and I'm not sure how he can do it externally. But they have to fix their blue line. And that's, that, that is it in a nutshell. When You know, even you, know, you say that Toronto outplayed uh Marginally. Originally. Marginally. I, I, I will tell you that, that when you look at, at Warensky, Jones, and Savard oh. on that back end, uh, they did an amazing job controlling tempo in their own zone. The puck was out of the zone when it needed to be, and then Nyquist, Foligno, and Jenner did a magnificent job on the big line. When even even Matthews' line when Hyman with it, and then Matthews' line when Tavares joined. That those are the two key things in in all of this. Uh, goaltending aside, Anderson, Corpasalo, uh, Merzliken, I mean, I mean, toss a coin. But it was, to my mind, it was those five guys in Columbus that made, or six oh, guys that... in Columbus that made a huge difference versus the 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 the, th- the three forwards for the Maple Leafs and Morgan Riley.
0: John, we got a lot to get to. We're going to have you again on Wednesday. Um, it's been fun so far. One final bit of business. The hubs and how it's working. More numbers coming out from the NHL today, John.
1: Unbelievable story for the second uh, trial run in in, uh, in two weeks. The the first week of phase four, there were zero zero positive tests in seventy two hundred uh, uh, tests, uh, and this week again seven hundred seventy two hundred and forty five tests, zero positive COVID tests. It truly is remarkable, and it it just it tells you if you if you wear masks. If you social distance, if you stay in your lane, that we can control the virus. Well,
0: uh, there's a fantastic piece written uh, by a uh, prof from UBC that appeared in Rolling Stone that illustrates perhaps some of the challenges uh, that the U.S. is having, and maybe part of the reason why Canada has been successful. And we're far from perfect, Um, but perhaps we're seeing a bit of an international change in the guard. It came to fruition.
1: Wear your Hope mask, so. Bob. Wear your
0: mask. Believe me, it's an improvement. Thanks, John. <laughs> All right, that's John Shannon. Tyler has texted us to say, Bob, five months doesn't get voided by losing three or four games in seven days. This Oiler team did improve and is better than several teams still playing that got lucky in a small sample size sweepstakes. Don't read too much into it, good or bad. Work still to be done here but scalpel, not a chainsaw. 1252 in Edmonton, you're listening to Oilers now. Bob Stoffer, Angie Quinnell with you. I'll get to the injury report and bang off some more texts on the Ashley Floors text line when we return.
1: Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630
0: Shed. 12.56 in Edmonton. Oil fan in Edmonton has texted us on the Ashley Floors text line. Bob, Dave Tippett had the best line in hockey and waited until 6.30 left in the fifth game to reunite them. When asked why he did not do this earlier, he said that the team needs more than one line. He implied that McDavid cannot drive his own line. Logical to uh, to separate McDavid and Dry settle in order to have two lines, but illogical not to. Have RNH uh, reunited with, with uh, uh, Leon Uh Two questions that will be consistently asked uh, of coaching during the course of the offseason. Number one will be, you know, Mike Smith starting game number one. Uh, Smith came off the bench a year ago in Calgary, performed pretty well, and Koskinen, to most eyes that were at training camp, outplayed Mike Smith. Number two was, uh, you know, 14 5 and 5, uh, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisettle, and Yamamoto together. And they outscored teams at even strength, five on five, uh, 28 to eight. Those are pretty overwhelming numbers. We're going to get some numbers coming up uh, from uh, Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Wood Guy, that might perhaps provide at least a different perspective. Again, because if the Oilers win the series. No one's questioning it, but they didn't win the series. They lost the series. People are angry because they care, because uh, they have passion. Uh, the one thing that I will say about Nugent Hopkins, Dry Settle, and Yamamoto is they're very effective on short cycles. And come playoff time, uh, you got to create opportunities in tight spaces. This is something that Athanasiu seems incapable of doing in terms of his ability to read and react out there. Uh, and he, by the way, he's represented by Darren Ferris. And so I'm going to be really intrigued to see what uh, you know, he needs to be qualified at three million bucks, and we have a compressed cap. Would Darren Ferris go to D- Ken Hall and say, "Sign my guy one-year deal at two million bucks and see where it goes"? Could the Oilers do that? Eh, maybe. Uh, not sure that Darren Ferris, who had contentious negotiations with. Ken Holland on Athens U and with Josh Anderson with the Columbus Blue Jackets with Yarmo Kalan not sure that's in Darren Ferris's playbook uh, again you can text us at 780 to the orders now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers when accidents happen go to jameshbrown.com Tyler Ennis Adam Larson we don't know. We'll find out tomorrow when Ken Holland talks. Get an update on those fronts. Uh, we'll have a little bit more information uh, later on in the show on some other uh, key players involving uh, the uh, NHL playoffs that get going. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, Darcy McLeod, A.K. Wood guy. When we come back, Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad.